Link to down Mipped to down. Mipped and yeah, um, Mipped and peeved. Mipped and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. No. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, also featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good, good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Daylight savings might be the worst thing ever invented. No, don't say that. It might be. No, it's great. It's been much more difficult for me to adjust this year than any other year for some reason. Oh, I've been miserable, but <laughs> you, you get home and it's bright out, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's cool. If I played uh, street basketball, you know, I'd, I'd be able to play late into the night. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, so the Thunder won a game last night in Atlanta, 119 to 107. If I just read you that, you'd think like, oh, like easy game, blowout. Uh, no, that's not how this went. Uh, in fact, the Atlanta Hawks outscored the Thunder 38 to 23 in the second quarter, which the Thunder just had no interest in rotating on defense. Just none. I mean, they were like walking into the rotations and just watching John Collins dunk. I mean, it was the first half was just abysmal. Uh, second half was much better. The Thunder played well and into the fourth quarter, they ended up playing really well. The last, I think it was the last three minutes of the game, the the Hawks had tied it up. And then from there, they went on like a 16, nothing run uh, in which Russell Westbrook secured his 100th triple double and just ended up destroying uh, the Hawks and all of their uh, G league players that played last night. Um, Carmelo Anthony was great last night. I thought he would rest, uh, but it's a good thing he didn't because the Thunder really needed him last night. He was six of 11 from three. He had three blocks last night. Uh, I thought he was really good. Uh, Corey Brewer again, came off the bench. He hit a corner three. He was really active. He had a few assists and some steals and some blocks too. Paul George went out with an injury, uh, which doesn't seem to be too serious. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on last night's game? Oh, and then we got to talk about Jeremy Grant for sure. But what are your thoughts? Uh, well, as you may know, I, I'm uh, loathe to give this team like any cut, cut them any slack, you know. Mm-hmm. But but last night I thought, uh, you know what? They actually deserve it because uh, did you see this uh, tweet from Sherry Ma before the game? I don't she was talking. So. She was talking about like how bad this game was in terms of scheduling. Mm-hmm. 
She said, this will mark your fifth game in eight days, your third game in four days, and the second of a back-to-back set. You'll host the Kings, then fly out immediately after, losing an hour along the way for Atlanta to face the Hawks less than 24 hours later. Oh, and one more thing. We set our clocks ahead an hour, March 11th, so you'll lose that hour, then play the Kings and lose another hour on your way to Atlanta. So like, this was a like perfect storm for a schedule loss. And so the fact that they played the way they did wasn't that surprising to me like early in the game um but the fact that even when atlanta tied it i was feel i was still feeling good about this team um and then all of a sudden they just turned it on and they just put them away and they showed that they could just flip a switch against this bad team which they have not done at right. any point <laughs> earlier in this season mm-hmm. um and they were good pretty much the whole game on offense i mean they only had eight turnovers that entire game yeah, they were getting whatever they wanted on the offensive yeah. end for sure. And they hit, you know, they were 45% from three. They got a you know, really good bench production from obviously like Jeremy Grant. I mean, like, I couldn't have been more wrong about this dude. And maybe I was right earlier this season, but he has improved dramatically. He had 20 points last night, two blocks, two steals, and assists, and five boards, <clears throat> and two threes. Two threes in which so last season when he was taking threes, you always like got the impression that he was thinking, I don't know if I should do this like before he shot it. But last night, like he's completely confident. It still takes him a little while to get the shot off, but he's been wide open like he's going to have wide open threes. And I tweeted last night that he's almost 37 percent from three since the all star break. And that's on two attempts per game. So I. I don't know if the three-point shooting is going to be real, but if he can at least be like 34%, like, you know, next season, I, I everybody's like, well, the, the Thunder are going to have enough money to bring him back. Like, Jeremy Grant's going to be an exception type of player. Like, he's going to get, like, some sort of, like, biannual exception or taxpayer mid-level exception. I, I doubt that he'll get more than that. The Thunder can bring him back if they want to. Like, they really can. And so I expect him to be back. And I expect him to be even better. But last night, he he was spectacular. I thought Patterson played great minutes. Uh, Ray Felton was really good in his minutes, too. Uh, Terrence Ferguson did play last night. Uh, he and Patterson both had really bad plus-minus numbers, as well as Abrinas. But there were some, there were some uh, insane runs by Atlanta during the stretches. So I won't you know play too much into that. But I think yeah, that I was thinking, your point okay. was really good about about the the timing and the schedule and all that because i i hadn't considered all of those factors because that that is a lot it is um yeah and i i would just like to say how impressed i was with atlanta like of all the tanking teams like they actually are running things mm-hmm. and you compare them to like sacramento who we just played like the the oldest player for atlanta on the court last night was Dwayne deadman he's only 28 Meanwhile, like you're watching Sacramento and you're seeing, you know, whatever he is, 50 year old Vince Carter out there playing 23 minutes against us. And Zach Randolph, Garrett Temple, like all these old dudes. It's just like so directionless. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I kind of enjoyed watching Atlanta. I don't know if any of these guys are going to turn into anything. I mean, other than I really like John Collins. Yeah. Um, And Taurine Prince has been up and down this season. Mm hmm. He was um, great last night. He was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> he, he blocked Russell at the rim. He had 
he was three of eight from three, which is fine, and got to the free throw line. And uh, yeah, he he was impressive. They've kind of they've got at least like a starting caliber wing in him. I don't know if he's he may be, end up being like a, a fifth guy just because he's so inconsistent. But uh, he was really good. Uh, I mean, you compare them to uh, like Memphis, like watching Memphis. Oh, Memphis it's like they're so playing sad. two different sports right now. Memphis like so, Atlanta so looks like a real team, even though I have no idea that one guy Lee, Damian Lee. Yeah, Damian Lee. I didn't know that. I didn't know he or Andrew White or yeah. T- Tyler Cavanaugh. Yeah, Tyler Cavanaugh. Yeah, I've never seen that person before. I didn't, I didn't know they existed until last <laughs> night. And they were all like pretty good. Like Damian Lee had 13 points last night. Yeah. Like who is this guy that keeps scoring on us? Hey. Uh, uh, there's a the stat that you've been keeping up with, and he continued it. Hustis, despite only playing five minutes, hit another three. Yeah, so yeah, now he he's did. Uh, he's hit a three five of his last six, eight of his last ten. He's thirty eight percent from three over those ten games. Now nine for twenty four. That was weird. That he only got five minutes. The five minutes. Yeah, yeah. is weird. And I know that they probably like circle the Hawks on the schedule, saying this is a Ferguson night. Uh, I wish I'd stop that. Like, just stop it. Like, just, <laughs> I don't, I mean, and people like think that you can't, like you can bring Josh Hughes back for the minimum next year too. Like if the Thunder like him enough, like you can bring him back too. Maybe so, they didn't want the Hawks to get a long look at him. Maybe. he seems so Hawksy. He is such a Hawk. <laughs> He's a Hawk or a Jasmine or somebody like that. Like he, he just needs to go to one of those teams where they like, give him some respect basically that's what it all comes down to and i like ferguson i thought that he played fine like he had he had a nice driving dish and you know he's not going to be a great defender because he's so young but you know he's fine but i'm i'm kind of over it because i'd rather them have a guy like houston more solidified in the rotation you know preparing for the playoffs rather than like spending this time developing like you don't have to develop in a game versus the Hawks. Like you can develop in the G League. You can develop in practice. You can develop in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I'm just not. I, I just don't exactly know what all what all these minutes do for Ferguson at this point. But whatever. The Thunder still won, which is good, and that's really all that counts at this point. Is that the Thunder continue to win? And it's easy to like nitpick this team and complain about this team and say that they're not good enough and. But the fact is, like, they weren't winning these games early in the season. Like, you look at, like, the Brooklyn game in Mexico. Like, I cannot, I mean, that was such an awful game. And they let the Nets creep back in and then eventually take the lead. And then they just had a stranglehold on the Thunder, which is just a ridiculous statement. But they did. Uh, The Thunder aren't letting that happen anymore. So this team has improved. They're still not anywhere close to where we'd like really want them to be. Uh, but they've got a stretch of games and everybody talks about it. This is like the the last 11 games that are against teams that are, you know, 500 or better. And they're in the playoff mix and all that. Uh, it's going to be tough, but it starts with the Clippers Friday. And then the next week is pretty brutal. Toronto, Boston on the road. Although Boston is like super banged up, like they're missing a ton of guys right now. So they may be catching them at a good time. And then they have Miami at home on Friday. Um, so to me, like if the Thunder want to be in good position to like have the four seed, which I think would ultimately be their best playoff seeding, because I don't like you get up to the three and you'll have to play Golden State the second round. 
I'd rather play Houston. I don't. I don't know about you. What do you? Would you rather play Houston or Golden State in the second round? Uh, I don't know. If if everyone's healthy, I it's basically a coin flip for me. I, I don't think they're going to. I, you know, I wouldn't feel good about either of those series. Right. Um, I don't know if I, I think I'd rather lose to Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's another way to put it. <laughs> Who do you think they have the best chance of beating, though? I think they have a better chance of beating the Rockets than they do Golden State. Ultimately. I guess so. Yeah. Um, only because even with all this historical season for Houston, you still ha- have a little bit of hope in the back of your head that they're going to fall apart in the playoffs. Right. Um, just because they haven't done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- th- so, so we'll see. I, I, yeah. So I guess I'd choose Houston, but I'm, I'm still not sure. Yeah. And, Houston's and- just been so good. They have been. They've been great. And one thing that puts a little bit of doubt in my head is that Steph Curry ankle. Like he's yeah. he's injured that same ankle I think four times since December, and so that's a that's a huge concern for yeah that's a, that's a good point for their team. And so maybe he's fine and gets to the playoffs healthy, but there's a scenario where like that ankle continues to bother him and he can't be a hundred percent. In which that team has just looked weird without him. Uh, so it's, I, I don't know. I don't really, I mean, you obviously can't like, count on an injury helping you. Um, but that's certainly something. Like, I think the Thunder would have a chance to beat a Curryless Warriors team. And that wouldn't be easy, and it wouldn't be, it would take probably six or seven games to do it. Um, but without Curry, like, that, that team is much different and so like i think the thunder would have a chance against that squad with a full with a fully healthy golden state i don't think anybody beats that team um and then the I'm, the rockets I'm so much the rockets i just don't know like i we'll we'll see how they perform in the playoffs because they've all they've all had their playoff moments where they haven't looked great um so i don't know i have no idea i'm so much more worried about their first round matchup because they, they they have to win that first round matchup. Yeah. I mean, it could be like, it could be the Pelicans. Which and that'd be know. great. <laughs> you know, but it could be the jazz. It could be. And that scares me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, the jazz have been playing really well. I, just, I, I don't know. I just don't know how <clears throat> equipped that team is for the playoffs. Like a, like a long playoff run. I think they're like perfect for the regular season. Like night in, right. Out, you're playing these different teams, but Eventually, like that team, like you can defend that team, and you're they're counting on basically like if can Donovan Mitchell contribute in the clutch in the playoffs, and to ask a rookie to do that is a tremendous, you know, thing to ask. So I just don't know if I mean they're certainly scary right now. I just <clears throat> I know the Thunder can turn it on and be a much better team, and when you do have Russell and Paul George and Melo down the stretch that you can go to. I mean, that's those are the things that kind of matter down the stretch of playoff games. Like they have Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles, and <laughs> I love Joe Ingles. Seriously, do you? Seriously, might be one of my top five favorite non-Thunder players in the NBA. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Is he on your fantasy team or something? He's not. Uh, well, I oh, well, actually, I don't know. My fantasy team is just in the freaking tank, man. You know that. <laughs> um, but Joe. 
I just love his game. Like he's just so smart. He's smooth. He can shoot it. He's a great passer. He can handle in the pick and roll a little bit. And he just looks like he doesn't belong, which I just love. (laughs) You know, last night was so important because the Spurs, the Wolves, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Jazz all won. Yeah. That's not the only team that was relevant that lost was Denver, which was a really bad loss. Although, I just saw a stat about the Lakers since uh, LeVar Ball said that nobody wants to play for Luke Walton. Yeah, I saw that. They're 20 and 9, and they're top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency over that 29 game span. They've been really good. It's been it's wild. It's been so weird. Like, they're still so far out of it. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. Right, like, right, right. But they don't have their pick. So, like, you know, play play your hearts out, Lakers. You know, they're, they've been good. But, yeah, that is devastating for the Nuggets because that puts them uh, a full game back out of the playoff spot behind the Jazz, who are just surging right now. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. That's a scary place because the Nuggets, you know, they are paying Paul Millsap a huge amount and they were really counting on this season like you know they traded Emmanuel Moutier for Devin Harris like that's a move you make to try to make the playoffs and if you know they they're looking like they could be out and you know I don't know who else I think that the San Antonio Spurs will ultimately eke back in and that maybe the Clippers will fall out would be my prediction and that you know the Wolves the Wolves have been impressive that the five and five they had in their last ten uh, it doesn't sound impressive, but it really is. Like they've had some really quality wins lately, and with those, with the win against Golden State, um, and then who did they play last night that they beat? The Clippers, uh, Washington. Beating Washington, yeah. I mean that's that's a big win for them uh, without Butler, and if, really any win they can get without uh, Butler is huge. And so I, I think that those two wins are probably enough to keep them in and then you know Kawhi who knows when he comes back he they said Thursday and they said no not Thursday anymore um so it'll be it'll be interesting and the Thunder get San Antonio here um a week from or two weeks from tomorrow on the road in San Antonio I expect Kawhi to be back by then um and I, it maybe it could be too little too late for them and maybe the the Nuggets can turn it on here late um but it's going to be tough that the the west is just ridiculous um but if the thunder like i said could stay in the four spot i think that they are as well positioned as they're going to be um for 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 any kind of playoff run just to win a first round series have home court advantage move on and unfortunately you have to play one of the two best teams in the nba in the second round um so it's just it's just in a crappy situation they, and they really would have been had they just kept it together you know this whole season like if they were right. able to even if robertson was healthy like you'd still have to play one of the two best teams in the nba in the second round no matter what um so I mean, I think the Thunder have been better lately, and I think that they can still improve from where they're at. Uh, a lot of that credit goes to Corey Brewer, which is so weird to say. Like, I don't, didn't see myself saying that <laughs> sentence, but uh, he's been good. What are your What are your Corey Brewer thoughts? Well, did you know that he has not missed a free throw yet? <laughs> I did. Did you he's... see? What, did you see? I think Eric Horn was the one who asked him. Did you see how Billy reacted when he? No. 
<laughs> Eric asked him after the Kings game, he said, did you see that uh, Corey Brewer hasn't missed a three, free throw since he's been with the Thunder? He said, why did you say that? He said, when he misses, I'm going to come find you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's shooting 45% from three over the last five games. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I've never had this like great, this large of an evolution with a player over five games. You know, I, I went from thinking he's washed up to being surprised how well he's playing to now he's like, he's one of the most reliable Thunder players in my mind. Like, <laughs> like even last night, even though he wasn't scoring, like he was contributing so many other ways. Yeah. I mean, getting four assists when he's only had one assist at most in these last couple games, um, he's just contributing. It, there was a really funny play where I guess it was a step back. His body is just so weird. Mm -hmm. It it always seems like it's about to lose control. Like he doesn't have full control over his limbs and he made this move on someone and he made it. It was like a step back long too. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm riding it. I'm riding it, Andrew. I'm excited. I've, I've, I've changed my mind. I'm not doubting him anymore. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, some some of the local beat writers have come up with the uh, Corey Brewer sobriety index. Yeah. So like whenever he uh so like if he has like a weird crazy game. Like last night would be definitely like Corey Brewer on spring break. Like he <laughs> he had such he had a, it was he he played well for the most part but he just had some weird just drunken dribbler moments. Um the other night Yeah, I mean the other night though, he had just a uh uh, yeah, a, a nice glass of wine with his meal. Sobriety index, Corey Brewer. <laughs> I mean, like every breakaway is terrifying. <laughs> like anytime he is in, tra in transition. But otherwise, like he's always doing something. Yeah. And it, it makes a huge difference for this team because they're, you know, previously we're just used to that player, that position kind of just standing around for the most part. You know, Robertson at some point started to develop, you know, some real cutting abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very used to that shooting guard in Oklahoma City just standing there in the corner. Right. So, yeah, it's it's been a surprise. Yeah, and he, he pushes the pace for this squad, which I think is something that's really important. I've always thought that any Russell Westbrook-led team plays better when they're playing with pace. And he's a guy that if he gets the ball, like he's running with it. And so it's it's just – I think it's important, and he helps keep that team – running and he plays really well next to Russ and he's contributing in a lot of ways. And I said that I, I fear that he could, this could be like a Cron Butler type situation where he kind of falls off a cliff in the right. playoffs. But the thing with Karan is that he basically just shot corner threes and, you know, played fine one-on-one -on -one defense. And that was really about it. Uh, Corey Brewer was contributing in so many ways, like, like you said, and, like, I don't, I don't see that going away. Like I do see the three point shooting go. It's going to go away at some point. Like he's not going to shoot like this uh, for the rest of the season through the playoffs. But that's fine. Like if he can contribute in those all those other ways, like he's still going to help this team. And when you have a playoff rotation that I hope doesn't include Terrence Ferguson and does include Josh Eustace, like that's a pretty good rotation, and it seems to work pretty well. And I feel like everything has just slid back into place. These guys are more comfortable with their roles. Abrinas has played well lately, I've thought, too, on both ends. Uh, he's been shooting the ball a lot better. I feel like he's been more comfortable. Um, like, all those things are really, really important. And I feel like, you know, bringing Corey Brewer in 
has helped this team tremendously uh, when I really thought that he was going to be like either a negative or a neutral addition. Uh, right. He's actually helped. Yeah, the only player who I thought, other than Ferguson, who didn't have a great night was uh, Felton. He was uh, two of nine from the field. But I was watching the Hawks broadcast. Yeah. And at least three times, Dominique Wilkins, I think that's their, their color guy. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he said, oh, that's a bad shot. Like as Felton was shooting, <laughs> like before he'd even let the ball go, he would say, oh, that's a bad shot. <laughs> and every time Felton missed it. <laughs> Did you see the spin move he had? He had like a spin move behind the three point line. Yes. Into a banker. <laughs> Like long range too, and it was so great. Yeah, that that was like uh, that was sort of a highlight. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he made the defender look really bad because he like spun him into a pick somehow. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh man, uh, Alex, can I tell you about one of my favorite restaurants in Oklahoma City area? Mm, please it's called the press and if you listen to this podcast you know about the press and i hope that you have gone there because it's one of the best restaurants in oklahoma city it's located in the plaza district near downtown oklahoma city uh just a wonderful atmosphere they've got great food uh my favorite is the buffalo mac and cheese it's got radiatory pasta buffalo chicken strips green onion blue cheese ranch drizzle it's so good. They also have a barbecue mac option and a chili mac option, which uh, Billy Martin from Good Charlotte had when he was in town and said it was delicious. Uh, they've also got great salads. They also have an awesome brunch. So if you love brunch, and who doesn't love brunch? Everybody does. you got to go check that out on the weekends. Also, if you're looking for a place to watch the game, you don't have tickets to the game on Friday night against the Clippers. It's a great place to watch the game. Go grab a beer with a friend. They've got a great cocktail selection as well. So go check out the press and support the people that support us. All right, Alex. Uh, ready to go to this week in Thunder history? Uh, yes, but I have one more uh, stat for you. Okay, okay. Because uh, we didn't really mention the Kings game that much for good reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... You know, I don't know if you've noticed this, Andrew, but uh, it seems like every game against the Kings is miserable. Would you agree? Oh, totally agree. Yeah. So I went back and looked at all of the OKC Sacramento matchups from the past three seasons. And I just wanted to see what the final point spreads were. And so this was this includes like Katie's last season, last season and this season. So we've played them 11 times. First of all, OKC has had a soul crushing loss to the Kings each of those years. They lost by eight this year. They lost by 15 last year, which I remember that game. That was uh, the one earlier in the season. Yeah. And then they lost by 12 the year before. Wow. Second of the 11 matchups, five have been decided by five points or less. It's like half of those matchups are coming down to like one possession game. And then third of those 11 matchups, OKC has only won by more than seven points twice. And the Kings have done that to us. So I, I just wanted to bring up that this is by far the worst rivalry in the NBA. I hate it. Uh, Sacramento somehow brings out the worst in our team, and uh, I hate them for it. <laughs> I just wanted to get that off my chest. It's at least a little comforting that the Thunder just suck against the Kings, no matter who's on the Thunder or who's on the Kings. <laughs> right. Yeah. No matter how bad the Kings are, we always know it's going to be close. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. 
I told Barry Trammell that we used one of his stories last week for This Week in Thunder History, and he smiled so big about it. Really? Well, guess what, Andrew? What? Did we get another one? Yeah, I have yes. found... I'm quickly learning that Barry Trammell is the best source for this week in Thunder history. Yes. Uh, so we've been talking a lot this week about OKC's newest veteran, Corey Brewer. So I thought it'd be fun on this week in Thunder history to go back and relive the experience of another OKC veteran who also joined right around this time of year. So this week we go back to March 13th, 2013, an article written by Barry Trammell entitled Fisher brings leadership, knowledge, and experience. Now, as a warning, I've cut this article down for both time and also effect. Uh, Okay, this is from Barry Trammell. When you ask Scotty Brooks why Derek Fisher is playing, the Thunder coach will give you a lot of abstractions, leadership, knowledge, experience, all things true. But here's the better question. What exactly does Fisher do on the court? What does he tangibly bring to the Thunder hardwood? We can all agree that what he brings to the locker room and the bench, everyone loves having fish around. But sometimes you have to ask, can the guy still play? What exactly does he do? He's not really a point guard anymore. He wasn't last season for the Thunder. He isn't this season for the Thunder. What exactly does he do? On his second unit that already has a defensive liability in Martin, why compound the problem with another defensive liability? Now, Andrew, this is where the article takes a very dark turn. (laughs) Why not try Ronnie Brewer? Uh Why not play an athletic defensive whiz with a unit that otherwise is pedestrian on the wings? Brewer played 24 minutes a game last season for the Chicago Bulls, which had the NBA's best record. He fell out of the rotation this season with the Knickerbockers, and he hasn't worked himself into the rotation with the Thunder. But the Thunder like to bill itself as a defensive-minded team. Well, let me tell you who's a defensive-minded team. The Bulls! (laughs) Do you want to make decisions like the Bulls or the Knicks? Why not play Ronnie Brewer? (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, I, I I didn't remember that uh, people had been, begun to turn on Fisher. Yeah. Um, I, I For some reason in my memory, I thought everyone was kind of cool with Fisher at that time. Maybe maybe Trammell was just like ahead of the game on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may have been. Trammell's always ahead of the game. Yeah. The Derek Fisher, the, he just played too much. Like, I didn't have a problem with him yeah, being yeah. Like, in the rotation. But when he became the fifth guy for the Thunder, like in that Spurs series, it was like, oh, no. Like, oh, like this. Like, this is obviously very bad. Because they just target him in the post over and over and over again. And that basically ended that series. Um, yeah, that was pretty bad. That was really bad, actually. Yeah, it was bad. And uh, it turns out... Uh, I don't think they ever really tried Ronnie Brewer, but uh, that didn't work out as as well. Yeah, he was terrible. That was a that was a wasted second round pick for Ronnie. He was yeah, he was awful. We've definitely got the better of the Brewer the Brewer Bros now. The Brewer Bros. Oh uh, man, I'm glad we don't have to deal with Derek Fisher. And you know, like Ray Felton, like we kind of joked about him and talked about how he wasn't great last night, but like he's one of the better backup point cards the Thunder have ever had. <laughs> he really is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially like consistently over the season. I mean, there's guys like Eric Maynard who had like little spurts here and there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm never angry when Raymond Felton's in there. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's an adventure for sure, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I really don't mind him. Yeah. Like Reggie was probably our best. Um, right. 
And then, and then like, is Ray next? Uh, well, it's not campaign. No. Although he had some good games in his rookie year. Yeah, that game against the Bucks. Yeah, he played well against the Spurs, too. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he... It's probably Ray. It's probably Ray Ray. Because DJ Augustine never lived up to expectations here. Yeah, he didn't. And he's played well elsewhere. Um, yeah. Hey, did you uh, did you read Royce's article about uh, Russ hitting 100 triple-doubles? I did, yes. I thought there were some, there were some good memories in there, speaking of this week in Thunder history. Yeah. Uh, I almost chose one of them just because it seemed like so many of the ones that he mentioned happened right around this time in March. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought my favorite one was the one from 2015. This was his 14th triple-double. It was against the Sixers. He had 49, 15, and 10. But it was significant because a few nights before is when he dented in his face in Portland. And so this was his first game wearing the mask. And he had that dunk, which going back to watch it, I think may be one of my favorite Westbrook dunks where he went the full length of the court and just dunked it and then immediately it was like adjusting his face mask because you could tell it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought I thought that was a great one. There were, there were a few good ones in here that I had just forgotten. Yeah. The, and there's like the obvious one, the Denver Nuggets one, where he clinched right. the, the record for the regular season. But that's like a game that you will never forget. Like that will always, when you think about Russell and like his biggest games, like that game was just incredible. Uh, the, the way that he finished, like the Thunder looked like they were down and out, but he still got the triple double, and it was kind of like, eh, like that's cool. But then he hits that buzzer beater to win the game, and it was just, I mean, that was just unbelievable. I mean that that season was really fun, and a lot of it was. Ooh, just, what was that? Just Russ's heroics. It was fun, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, another good one was uh, last year against the Jazz. He was he went 43, 11 and 10. And I remember them winning that game, but I didn't remember how it ended. And it was uh, Royce wrote that Westbrook snared a rebound over seven foot one Rudy Gobert with 19 seconds remaining in the Thunder down one. Four seconds later, he finished an N one in traffic to beat Utah with 43, 11 and 10. Uh, That was another really good win last year. Yeah. Yeah. That Utah team was really good last year with Hayward. They were. Um, Yeah, that's that was incredible. Yeah, Russell. Yeah, that- Russell. Russell's so good, and I feel like we take him for granted a lot. And I feel like like the NBA community and NBA Twitter takes him for granted, and they like to downplay what he does and downplay his triple doubles and make you know their arbitrary numbers and all that. But the fact is, like he's doing something that no one else is doing. Like some people say, like the value of the triple double or like triple doubles are easy to get now. Like they're really not. Like people aren't getting them like he does. Like he is special. Right. Like it is actually special. And we're watching a Hall of Fame point guard, one of the best of all time, do it. And you know, he's eventually he's gonna pass some of these guys. Like he'll pass J Kid and he'll pass guys like that. And that's an amazing accomplishment and one that like should be celebrated, that like if you're a Thunder fan, like you should be proud of that. And I, I don't know why everyone has this tendency to try to like knock Russ down. Um, but he's incredible and should be celebrated. I know he's a big jerk to the media and I've experienced that a lot this season, Uh, (laughs) but he still should be celebrated. Like he really should be. And in any of these biases that exist, like just take them away for a little bit and celebrate how just incredible of an NBA player this guy is. 
Well, you know, when I was uh, researching for This Week in Thunder History, uh, another streak came up. Now, it didn't line up perfect, so I didn't mention it. But this is also around the time when KD was going for his, like, 25 points a game streak. Yeah. Which, again, another totally, like, arbitrary number. But, one, he was chasing MJ, and, two, it was KD. So, like, I, I it was getting a lot better media attention. Yeah. <laughs> Like there was not very many people hating on it from what I was reading. Right. And like, we're entering this age where like efficiency is everything. And sure that that's that I think that is a large part of today's game for sure. But like, you can still be an incredibly effective player and not be like the most efficient player in the NBA. Um, it's not like Russ is like incredibly inefficient, but he's not at the level of like a staff for, Durant or guys like that, but he's doing so many other things that those guys don't do. And I don't know. He's great. And, you know, it, I obviously didn't want Paul George to be hurt at the end of the game last night, but it was kind of fun to see Russell just be Russell again without like having to worry about getting the ball to somebody. Um, so that was kind of cool. But uh, the good news is that Paul George, he acted like he was fine. He's apparently walking around the locker room fine, joking around. So he. Should be back Friday. I expect Steve to be back Friday too. Uh, in a game they need to win at home against the Clippers. Like there aren't a ton of like must-win games at the end of this season. Like I think they're going to win some. They're going to lose some. If they can stay around five hundred, I think they'll be fine. Um, but like they need to win this Clippers game. Like the Clippers are beatable, and the Thunder should be healthy by then. So they need to win that game. Uh, one last thing on Westbrook's hundredth uh, triple double. I thought Fred Katz had a great line. He described it as a Russian doll of milestones, a round number made up of round numbers. <laughs> I surely like that line. It is good. That's really good. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and Royce had to travel to Atlanta specifically for this. Like he, he, wasn't, oh, really? he wasn't planning on going until he saw that Russell got the triple-double against the Kings. And he was, then he had to book a flight to get to Atlanta so that he could watch the 100th triple double. And, you know, the, the kind of initial thought is like, is he even going to get it? Like the Thunder should put this team away in three quarters, but nope. <laughs> like they needed all four quarters and he needed all four quarters to get the triple double. So, uh, right. It's just, it's incredible. It really is as frustrating as he can be at times. Like he is a, one of the best of all time, amazing player so celebrate him today um alex you got you got a a game for us oh andrew i've got a very exciting game uh to get you really excited you know who helped me make this game oh no i don't know down to dunk zone luke stevens oh boy (laughs) uh now this is a uh this is a march madness inspired game you've heard of march madness right andrew (laughs) i've heard of it yeah, you've got your brackets. Uh, uh, you've got. I, I don't. I don't have. Well, I don't have my bracket done yet. I need to do that. Oh, really? You you don't. So you don't care about the first four? Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> well, uh, before I get into it, I'm just going to tell you a quick story about how much I love college basketball. So this year, I uh, decided to start my own bracket pool with my friends out here in Portland. You know. Yeah. And uh, so yesterday morning. In preparation for filling out my bracket, you know, I decided to listen to a few podcasts to help me out. So, uh, you know, people giving their opinions on the picks and whatnot. 
so I started listening to this podcast and uh, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm taking notes on my notes app on my phone. You know, oh, they like this team. Oh, OK, I'll do that. So I, I, I'm telling you, Andrew, I listened to this podcast for a solid 30 minutes. And then I hear one of the guys say, you know, I just don't know if Malik Monk is going to be able to handle their pressure. And I like stopped and was like, wait a second. And I realized I was listening to a podcast from March 2017. Uh, let me know that I knew nothing about college basketball. Uh, I felt like a big dumb idiot. But you know what? I blame it on Apple, on Apple Podcasts, because all I did was type in bracket, and that was the first one that came up. So I started listening to it. But Did you go ahead and to- fill out your bracket after that? Yes, I did. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, with all these teams that weren't in it. Yeah. I was like, oh, Dayton. Yeah, I'm going to pick Dayton. <laughs> I was looking at my bracket. They weren't on there. <laughs> um, okay, but on to our game. So in honor of March Madness, I created a bracket. And what is this bracket of, you ask, Andrew? Well, in honor of our internet friend, soon to be real life friend for you, Mikey Barra, coming to OKC and attending his first Thunder game in person, I've created a bracket of in arena entertainment <gasps> okay. at Thunder Games. Okay. Oh, this is very exciting. Okay. So I have seeded 16 different events or activities that happen during an average Thunder game. Mm-hmm. I will read off the matchups to you, and you will choose a winner, and we'll go until, uh, we'll continue until we have chosen the best in arena entertainment. The one thing that Mikey Barra has to remain in his seat for when he goes to the Thunder game. Okay. Okay. Great. All right, so our first matchup, the number one seed, the overall favorite, Kiss Cam. Ooh. Hey, I'll tell you what, Kiss Cam has grossed me out the past two times. Really? Oh, well, this there, is an interesting development. There's been a lot of tongue. Really? Like uh, people purposely like playing up for the camera? Yes. Oh, okay. And it's it's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. And... I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't let that shape my entire kiss cam experience, but well, we'll, we'll it's a, see. You it's, know, it's a factor. Well, they're playing the 16 seed. Uh, they were terrible all season, but they, they went on a magical run in their conference tournament to get an automatic bid. The 16 seed, the storm chasers. <laughs> Give me the kiss cam all day. Get okay, the storm the kiss, get the storm chasers out of here. Get them out. If I was ever to work for the Thunder, that would be my first thing is just say, <laughs> you know what? These guys got to go. Sorry. You know what? The ones that dunk, fine. Like, let them just dunk. But I don't need them out here <laughs> getting people to cheer and doing chants that never last more than the times that they lead it. Like, get, <laughs> get them out of here. Well, the Storm Chasers follow in the tradition of the other 16 seeds. They can't upset the number one seed. So the Kiss Cam advances. Our 8-9 matchup. The eight seed is the Thunder Girls. Okay. Now, I will say that seeding the Thunder Girls was by far the most difficult one because <laughs> I felt like if I seeded them too high, people would be like, hey, Alex, that's kind of weird. Like, you're 30 year olds and married. I don't know if this is for you. Uh, but if I seeded them too low, people would be like, Alex, they work really hard. Why do you not give them the credit they deserve? So I put them right in the middle okay. of the eight seed mm-hmm. against the number nine seed the raindrops this is the, the thunder's <laughs> little kid dance team give me the raindrops 
Wow. No, I was about to warn you that no matter what you chose, I was going to call you a perv. Okay. So you went with <laughs> the raindrops. That's a mild upset, mild upset. Yeah. Nine seed over the eight seed. But you know, the eights and nine are usually pretty evenly matched. Yep. So you went with the raindrops. Okay. So next we go to the 5 12 matchup. Famous matchup. Now, the five seed this year is the Dance Cam. Oh, Pretty yeah. Solid. Pretty okay. solid. Yeah. And then the 12 seed this year is the Homeland Beach Ball Drop, Ooh. which uh, and, uh, Luke had to tell me what that was. I guess they drop beach balls and people grab one and it has some amount of money on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Dance Cam just because I feel like the crowd really is just great when it comes to the Dance Cam. My favorite, this last one was great. Uh, because it had like this this dude that completely out of shape, but just was like dancing his heart out, and then it had like this really good looking girl that was like doing good dance moves, and they would they did not cheer for her one time, and they just <laughs> erupted for this dude that was just dancing his heart out, and I was just like, yes, like this crowd knows what's up, and so I'm going dance cam. All right, uh, the next we have the four thirteen matchup, the four seed this year. Is the half court shot Ooh. Mm. versus the 13 seed, the Oklahoma Trivia Challenge? Oh my gosh, the Oklahoma Trivia Challenge is so sad every time. <laughs> no one ever knows the answer. They use like three or four lifelines to get the end. Like by the end of it, the whole crowd is screaming the answer at them. And then they get an iPad. Like, what is going on here? Seems like a pretty good gig. Oh. You just get screamed at for a minute and then you get an iPad. Right. Yeah. You. I've, I haven't seen anybody lose just because, like, everyone is yelling the answer at them eventually. Um, what was the first? Oh, the half court shot. Yeah. Give me the half court shot. All day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I expected that. It's pretty much going chalk so far. Uh, yeah. We have the next one is the 6 11 matchup. Six seed this year is Rumble's Big Drum at okay. the beginning of games. Yeah. Okay. Versus the eleventh seed, the OKC Thunder Drummers. Ooh. Drum versus Drummers. Uh, oh man. I to be honest, I could care less about both of these things. <laughs> well, uh, you have to choose. So I'll go with the Rumble just because it's a shorter thing. <laughs> okay, so you like slow. it you like his efficiency. <laughs> I just like that it's just over with quickly. it's a great reason uh okay next one this is the 314 matchup three seed is the t-shirt cannon okay and the 14 seed is the teacher of the game (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is this is where the thunder bring out a teacher from a random town in oklahoma they give them a a tote bag filled with who knows what and uh, we cheer for them uh, shout out to the teachers of Oklahoma. I'm going going the uh, the teacher of the game for this. Whoa! <laughs> a major upset over the t-shirt cannon. Here's why. The t-shirt, like everyone acts like they just want these t-shirts so bad. And then you get it and you're like, this shirt doesn't fit me. It's not even a good t-shirt. Like, why do I even have this? That's why. <laughs> like the end result is just not good. It never has have, been, never will be. Have you ever gotten one? Have you ever caught one? Yeah, I've got one before, and it's just like, oh, I'm going to paint in this, <laughs> you know? Uh, so full disclosure, the whole point of this game was for you to choose against the teachers, and then I was going to admonish you for that and make you feel really bad. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm oh. full support of Oklahoma teachers at this point. You out me. <laughs> okay. 
the seven ten matchup. Seventh seed is the player introduction video at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. to get you hype. Various images of players dunking versus the ten seed. I've got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Peas <laughs> <laughs> played at the end of wins. Uh, actually, kind of like the pregame video. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty good. Man, I really thought you were going to go with I've Got a Feeling. No, I mean, it's just, it's like a, tra- it's a tradition that you're just like, why? Like, why is this a tradition? <laughs> but it's there. I mean, you can count uh-huh. on it. The Thunder win, they drop the confetti. It's like every time. And it's like, okay. I, I, you know, the more I think about it, I like it. I'm going Black Eyed Peas. Whoa! I'm counting that as a buzzer beater. <laughs> that was a buzzer beater by the Black Eyed Peas. Okay, and now our 215 matchup, the last one. Two seed is Blow Up Rumble. Okay. And the 15 seed, the pregame prayer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you a good reason why I would not choose the pregame prayer. Because it, it's always red. Like, they always... These pastors, <laughs> I feel bad for them, but they're incredibly nervous. That's true. Every single yeah. one of them, they always read it, and it's never heartfelt. So I'm going with uh, blow up rumble. That is true. I mean, I, I get that speaking in front of whatever nineteen thousand people is a lot different, but these guys are professional speakers. Yeah, you think once in a while a guy would just be really confident and just. Nope. rattle it off never they always yeah you're right like they're, they're constantly speaking in front of people but for whatever reason when they stand on the floor of the chesapeake energy arena it's all like they just lose it it's just all gone so um okay. yeah blow up rumble okay so now we go to the next round next round we have four matchups here first is the number one seed kiss cam versus the number nine raindrops oh okay i gotta go kiss cam because i'm not I never would watch the raindrops. I don't always watch the raindrops, but I will always watch the kiss cam. That's that's. A, I think that's the right pick. Okay. Next, oh, this is a great one. Number five dance cam versus the number four half court shot. Ooh, that's a good matchup. That's a five four matchup. Just the classic. That is that is classic. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go half court shot because the dance cam can disappoint. Woo! Because you're not always going to have the like the uh, the big ugly dude versus you know good looking girl matchup right. with the big ugly dude winning every time. Like you're not always going to have that. <laughs> yeah, you're ne- you're not always so lucky <laughs> to see a big fat dude dancing. <laughs> it was it was great. I love that so much. But yeah, you you always like there's always like a a small bit of you that's like, oh maybe this guy's going to have twenty thousand dollars and then no. Yeah, the half court shot is always good. Yeah, I always enjoy it because even when they miss bad, I really like that too. Yes, yes. Um, which, by the way, there's a strategy. You just do three steps and chest pass. I've practiced this hours and hours in the gym. <laughs> I've seen you practice it before. <laughs> you practiced it at uh, Canyon Camp one time for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just wait. I'm just ready. I'm just ready for my opportunity. I uh, know. Uh, okay, next matchup. Number six seed, Rumble's Big Drum versus the 14th seed, the surprise teacher of the game. Oh, man. Just, I'm going to ride with the Oklahoma teachers. Let's go oh through. Come on. 
you son- <laughs> you somehow turned this game against me. Now you just look really good. <laughs> I just I have no interest in the drum. None. Wow. wow. What a, lot, a run. I have a lot of interest in Oklahoma teachers at this point. Well, they have made the final four now. Congrats to the Oklahoma wow, teachers. Wow. That is that's not Very exactly sick. what I was intending to happen. <laughs> I, wanted okay. to give, I wanted to give a little bit of love, but not this much. All right. All right. Uh, our last matchup to get to the uh, final four spot, the number 10 seed. I've got a feeling by the black eyed peas at the end of games mm-hmm. end of wins versus the number two seed blow up rumble, blow up rumble. Always exciting. Very exciting. Okay. Our first final four matchup. The number one seed kiss cam versus the number four half court shot. Oh, I'm going to go half court shot because the half court shot is never disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, there's very little tongue in the half court shot. Not as much tongue. Yeah, the kiss cam, like I would have, that would have been an easy one if not for these past two weeks. Like the past two weeks of the kiss cam have kind of ruined me a little bit. Now, do you think it's just, uh, you think it's just been a bad group of apples or do you think uh, people are, just progressively feel like they have to do more and more yeah i don't know like one guy did like he was like rustling his wife's hair and like tongue and it's just like dear like no like that's not what this is about uh yeah i I would go the opposite way if i was ever on i would do a bunch of tiny little pecs Yeah. And I'd probably I'd do it like on her forehead too. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be really creepy. I'd be all in, I'd be all in on that. Yeah, people need to go the opposite way. Yeah, everyone gets the uh, over the top making out joke, but there's there's other jokes to be made there. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. All right, and then in our other uh, matchup, the surprise team, the Cinderella story. 14 seed teacher of the game against number two seed blow up rumble. Uh, I'm going to have to go blow up rumble. Shout out to the teachers, but uh blow up rumble is entertaining every time. Hey, they made an admirable run to the final four. Somehow <laughs> they get a banner. They do get a banner. Uh, okay. Our final, our final matchup. I hope Mikey's listening. This is very important. The number four seed half court shot versus the number two seed blow up rumble. Hmm. It's our championship matchup. Oh, boy. I'd say the half-court shot is probably favored by uh, three and a half points coming in this game. I'm going going blow up Rumble. It's it's funny. He falls over. It's entertaining every time. The kids love it. The adults love it. It's great. It never disappoints. Never, ever. And and the good thing about it is that they, uh, you know, they don't do it every single game. Yeah. So it's fun when it happens. It's very special when it happens. I actually haven't seen him in a while. Oh, really? Yeah, I hope it still exists. I really liked uh, when the Hornets were in town. They would have uh, blow-up Hugo. Yeah. But then they also had, like, human Hugo. Do you remember human Hugo? Yes. Yes, I do. And then they had regular in-between Hugo. They had, var- they had various sizes yes. of Hugo. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, Rum- wow. Rumble's fine, and Blow Up Rumble is great. So, I'll take so that. Our, our, ha- our victor, the in-game arena entertainment bracket, the number two seed Blow Up Rumble. It's great. He's great. It's Congratulations fun. to Rumble. <laughs> uh, Alex, 
That was great. And thanks for coming on the show today. You've got to follow Alex on Twitter at OwlBabyCakes. I know a lot of you don't still. Just do it. Just follow him. He's funny. He's smart. Uh, you'll learn things if you follow him on Twitter. Uh, follow us at Down to Dunk. You can follow us. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. This is episode 499, so Friday, episode 500. Whoa. We're all about arbitrary numbers this week. So uh, we will be celebrating that on Friday. Thanks for listening. Again, you guys are great at leaving five-star reviews. If you have a chance, I know still many of you that listen have not done that, just take some time today to do that on your phone or computer or grab your grandma's phone. If she has iTunes, like please like continue to leave five-star reviews. That means a lot to us. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.